Turn over in your Bibles over to the book of Matthew. There was a story, Matthew chapter 16. There was a story of a Sunday school teacher, and it was Resurrection Sunday morning. And she had all the kids in the classroom. And so she asked a question to them. She says, what does Easter mean? Why do we celebrate Easter? Why do we celebrate Resurrection Sunday? We call it more Resurrection Sunday here, but a lot of people more know it as Easter. And so the one person stood up and said, Easter is when the whole family gets together and we sit around a big table and we all count our blessings and eat turkey and stuffing. And the teacher said, no, that's not it. Does anybody else know what we celebrate at Easter time? Well, another little hand went up and they said, I know, I know. It's when we all get together as a family and we have presents for each other and we sing lots of songs. And she said, no, that's not it. And then finally, another one raised their hand and said, I know what it is. I know what it is. It's when Jesus died on the cross. He was buried in the tomb, and they left him there for three days. And she thought, finally, someone who knows what this is about. But then they went on and said, and then everybody gathers outside of the tomb to see if Jesus comes out. <laughs> well, there can be a lot of confusion about what some things are, are about. But uh, I think you all have a clue as to what's going on here for Resurrection Sunday. The day we celebrate when Jesus was resurrected from the dead. In Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, we're going to to look at something here that happened because Jesus was teaching his disciples on something, but he had never taught them on this until all of a sudden something happened. All of a sudden something went on and then he began to do it. Now the reason we're doing this is because we go through the same thing because you have had things happen. There, there are triggers in your life. There are triggers that go on in your life. And when that trigger occurs, it causes certain responses in you. All right, I'll give you a couple of examples here. Here's, here's one example. Uh, think about this. August is coming to a close. Sunday is coming. And it's the first Sunday of the football season. What does that trigger in some of you folks to do? I mean, do you get your DVRs going? Do you get your schedule changed so that you're able to to watch the game at 1 o'clock or whatever time that it comes on or whatever team that you're doing? There's there's triggers like that that go on that happen. How about if you are driving on the road and all of a sudden you smell there's a steakhouse around here. Does that trigger something? When you smell that aroma of the steakhouse, doesn't it cause you that out of your mouth you say something like, mmm, that smells good. And then for a little while after that, you're still, I could go for some steak. Yep, I could go for, I could definitely go for some steak. And it's a trigger. Something happens and then it causes a succession of events. We're going to take a look at this here in Matthew chapter 16. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I am, the Son of Man? Or who, who I am, the Son of Man. Who do they say that I am? So he said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? All right, that's the other people. 
Now, you guys, you guys have been close with me. You guys have been walking around with me. Who do you think that I am? Out of all that list there, who do you, who do you think? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Who revealed it? His Father. Jesus' Father in heaven revealed it to Peter that this is who he was. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. So here's the thing that happened. Jesus is asking them, who do people say that I am? And then who do you say that I am? And when they came out and they said, you are the Christ. Things changed between Jesus and his disciples from that point. But he does say, don't tell anybody about this. Don't tell anybody what you know. God has to reveal it to them the same way he revealed it to you. Verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised the third day. He said four things to them. He had never said this to them before. But now, since they had that revelation that he was the Christ, he said, first off, we have to go to Jerusalem. I have to go to Jerusalem. I will suffer many things at the hands, and he lists the people that he's going to suffer from. He says, I will be killed, and I will be raised on the third day. And he taught them that. Later on, in the very next chapter, he's going to re reiterate that. But let's go on verse 22. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. This is the same guy who said you were the Christ, right? Did God reveal to him that he was the Christ? Well, Jesus said it. Did God reveal to him this? No, he did not. Folks, just because you can hear from God about some things doesn't mean that everything that pops into your head is God. We all be doing real, real good to learn that. Just because you got some things from God doesn't mean that everything you get is from God. So he took him aside and began to rebuke him. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. So Peter here, folks, he just doesn't get it. He, doesn't, he didn't get it here. He got that one right, then he gets this one completely wrong. In chapter 17, in verse 9, let me read that for you. Now, as they came down from the mountain, this is the Mount of Transfiguration, where he went up with Peter, James, and John. Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. So once again, he's talking about when the Son of Man is risen from the dead. He hasn't talked to him about this before, but now he has. Why? Because it was revealed to them that Jesus was the Christ. When they first started following him, they did not know that he was the Messiah. But along the way, it became revealed to them that he was the Messiah. And until they had that revelation, he couldn't teach them about this. It's important, folks, that we grow in the things of God. If we do not grow into things of God, God can, cannot reveal more to us. He would like to. He would like to. Jesus, I just know, Jesus was sitting there saying, I hope they get this. I hope that they've got this now. Because once they got this, then I can begin to teach them some other things. It's just like your kids when they're growing up. You know, when they're little, 
they don't get everything. They don't quite get it all. And uh, because they don't quite understand it all, you can't tell them everything that you would like to tell them. Why is the sky blue? How many just say, you know, just because they're little? Because it is. Right? Because it's a whole lot easier than explaining the whole, the whole thing to them. But as they get older, they want a little bit more of an explanation. Have you heard that Geico commercial? Daddy, where do babies come from? Have you heard that one? I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, where's your mom? <laughs> oh, she's not here. She went to the store. Yeah. How many have never heard that Geico commercial? Really? Wow. I hardly hear any commercials. I heard that one. All right. Well, I'll tell you the rest of it. So the, the father's trying to him and hauling about this, you know, where do babies come from and, and all that. And finally he says, and uh, well, the mommy and, 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 and papa, you know, they love each other a lot. And they, they go over to the Geico store and they save money on their auto, auto insurance. And that makes them happy? Yes, that makes them very happy. And, and off she goes. No more uh, answer needed. And so the Geico uh, commercial guy, he comes on and he says, Geico, always a good answer. I mean, that's creative. That, one thing about I've never had Geico insurance. Don't talk to me about whether they're good insurance or bad insurance because I don't know. I've never had Geico insurance. I have, um, we have State Farm, and we were considering switching off of that, and we found out we've had State Farm for, so we t- we're talking decades. Decades we have had it. And we found out that if we were to switch, we were going to lose a couple of coverages that are no longer offered. No longer offered. So we said, you know what? We'll just stay right here. <laughs> this is good. This is good ground. So we did all that. So I don't know. Don't tell me about how good or bad they are. I don't know how good or bad. I just like their commercials. Aren't there people at the companies out there? You just like their commercials? Now, Alka-Seltzer. I have never used it. Never used it. But back in my day, they were the best commercials on TV. How many of you are old enough to remember? Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Yeah. I mean, that's a, just a great jingle. <laughs> it didn't sell Alka-Seltzer at all. That's why they got rid of it. But it was a great jingle. Everybody knew about Alka-Seltzer, and just nobody was buying it. Oh, well, we don't need to talk about all that sort of stuff. But, you know, as the, as the children grow, you can begin to teach them other things that you can't teach them when they're younger. When you're going through school, junior high and high school, you take algebra first. Because if you don't learn algebra, you can't learn geometry. You can't learn calculus. You can't learn all those other more elaborate maths. Thank God I did not have to take calculus. Glory to God. I didn't learn algebra until my second time through. The first time was in school. The second time was when my daughter went through school. That's when I learned algebra. I didn't learn it until then. (laughs) I I didn't quite get it. Geometry was no problem for me, but algebra, we didn't... uh, we didn't connect on the first, first time through. Well, let's go over to Mark chapter 9. This is the second time. Jesus is going to teach them this uh, three times, three different times that we have recorded in the Bible, probably a lot more times than that, but three times that are recorded. Here's the second time, Mark chapter 9. Then they departed from there and passed through Galilee, and he did not want anyone to know it. For he taught his disciples and said to them, The Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and after he is killed, he will be raised the third day. And they did not understand this saying and were afraid to ask him. Now, let me ask you this question. Let me, let me say this to you 
The Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of men. How many can get that? And they will kill him. Anybody? Is that, is that algebra to anybody? Can you get that one? Then they will kill him. And after he is killed, he will rise the third day. Is any of that complicated? Is any of it hard to understand? The Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of men. And they will kill him. After he is killed, he will rise the third day. How hard is that to understand? These are not stupid men. These are educated, handpicked by Jesus. And he says that. And they say, what? what? I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't, I don't quite understand this is going on. But they're, they're afraid to ask him. Think about this. You're in English class and they're talking about breaking down sentences. Anybody going, remember going through English class and breaking down sentence structure? You know, this is the noun. This is the pronoun. This is the verb. This is how many have used that recently? That's what I thought. We thought it was useless then, didn't we? We were right. We were right. It was useless. I, going through English class, I'm thinking, when am I ever going to use this? And I was right. I have never used, I have never had to break down a sentence. I have never had to identify the verb, the adverb, or the pronoun. <laughs> just, I just never had to do it. But if you were going through for the first time and you didn't understand it, you knew it was going to be on the test, and you didn't understand something that was being taught, how many of you were afraid to ask? I know I was sometimes because you think, I bet you everybody in this room is getting this but me. I'm the only one who doesn't get it. Everybody else has got it. I'm the only one. I'm not letting everybody else know that I didn't get it. I'd rather just not get it than let everybody know. I don't understand. This is what they're going through. Jesus said something and they don't understand. Now, the reason that they don't understand is not because what he said was hard. The reason they don't understand is because they can't let go of the fact that Jesus is the Messiah. He's going to be king. They didn't understand the suffering part. What do you mean suffer? What do you mean die? We don't understand that. Because of what they expected, they weren't quite understanding what was going on here. But Jesus is preparing them for what's about to come. But they're just not quite there where they can get to this. In Luke chapter 24, verse 1, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered to the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven. They remembered his words. They didn't remember it before. Now just before they got to Jerusalem where he was going to be arrested, beaten, crucified, and killed, I mean, 
they're on the way to Jerusalem. They are on the way. To understand this, how many of you uh, dads or moms have ever taken your kids to a sporting event? Sixers game, Flyers game, dare say it, an Eagles game. Anything like that, one of the kind of things that's going on. All right, before you go in there, say the kids are you know, like this. Anybody ever gone when their kids are like this? All right, how many ever did this? You're get, you're, you are here at the stadium. And before you go in, you pull them aside. You look at them face to face. And they say, look, this is how it's going to go. You will not leave my side. You will stay in the seat. And you go through the list of rules and the things you want. Because want, you don't want them to get lost. You don't want them to get hurt. You don't want them to get damaged in any way. If it's a hockey game, you have a talk about bloodshed. Don't you? If it's a hockey game. Because more than likely, <laughs> you might see some in a hockey game. Not so much basketball and football. they got all the stuff on. You won't be able to see it anyway. But you have a discussion with them. But that's not the first time you had that discussion, is it? How many had that discussion with them when you got the tickets? A week before. Now we're going, and this is what. We have to, you have to listen to mom and dad. You have to sit in the seat. We have to, and you go through all the things that you have to do. And then right before you get in there, you go over it again. Why do you do that? <laughs> because you have lived with your kids. And I always like this, you know, I, I make bunk beds. And so, um, you know, whenever I'm delivering the bunk beds and put, setting them up, putting them into place, and I always go over the parents, you know, how tough the bunk beds are, how much abuse they'll take. And I say, uh, go through the whole thing. And then whenever the thing we leave with them, I always leave them with a can of stain so they can touch it up afterwards. But there's rules I have for the can of stain. If it's a bunk bed is for a girl, I take the can of stain, I put it on the dresser, and I say, here's the can of stain, stain just in case you need it. If it's a boy's room, I pick up the can of stain, I take it out of the room, I take it downstairs to where they are, and I put it down on the kitchen table or the kitchen countertop, and I say, this is the stain. I don't leave it in little boys' rooms because I was one. <laughs> I just let them know. My mom would say, I was a little boy. I did little boy things. Girls could care less about the stain can in the room. But boys are just drawn to it. And they, we must open the stain can. We must. We must open the stain can. We must see what's in the stain can. And the stain is all over. I know that will happen. It has never happened to any bunk bed I delivered because from the first day that I've delivered them, I have always taken the stain cans out of the little boys' rooms, but not with the little girls. You may call me sexist if you want to, but I'm right. <laughs> I am right. So that's what goes on. So we have these things. We go through the instructions. Why? Because we've been through it before. Jesus is going through just like he's t t talking to little kids. He does it to him one time after the revelation came or after the tickets were purchased. He goes over to the second time and prepares them a little bit more. Here in, in Matthew chapter 20, verse 17, he prepares them a little bit more. Now Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the 12 disciples aside on the road and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. 
and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and discourage and to crucify. And the third day he will rise again. Now, a couple of years ago, we, we spent some time on this and we went over all the places where it was talked about. Jesus said, the third day I will rise again. The third day I will rise again. And then we went back and we looked at the disciples and they were all sad. Why are you so sad? Because it's the third day and he's dead. It's what day? The third. What's, what did he say was going to happen on the third day? <laughs> and he still didn't get it. They still did not get it. But you see, the whole thing that this started on was because there was a trigger. The disciples said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And from that point forward, he began to teach them about his death, his burial, in his resurrection. He hadn't taught it until then. And each time he taught it, he gave them a little bit different details on what was going to go on and what was going to happen. And then as they're on the way to Jerusalem, he pulls off to the side of the road, getting away from everybody else because this is not for everybody else to hear. This is just for his disciples. He says, look, this is what's going to happen. They're going to arrest me. They're going to beat me. They're going to kill me. And on the third day, I will rise again. Could Jesus have done any more to prepare them? No, he couldn't. But here's what I want you to focus on. There was a trigger that the disciples activated. And when they did it, it changed how Jesus was teaching them. There was a trigger. That trigger was the revelation of what they learned. You are the Christ. In our lives, folks, there are triggers that happen all the time. And when those triggers occur, it begins a change in our conversation. It begins a change in the things we believe. It begins a change in what we expect. And you can always take it back to something that triggered it. Now, some of these things or triggers are for good things and some of them are for bad things. I'm going to give you a couple of triggers and you just tell me what you think about them. You're at the doctor's. The doctor says, well, we've run all of our tests and it seems that you have this condition. And people who have this condition will be dead in two years. How many of you that would trigger something? Now see, up until then, you didn't have that information. Now you've got that information, that person said this thing to you, and it triggers some things, right? How many of you been in the office, work complex, school, wherever it is that you're around people? One thing about people is that you get around a whole lot of people, people can get sick, and they bring that sickness right around to you. And you hear the achoos and the complaints of the sore throats and stuff like that. And, oh, are you sick? Oh, I've been sick for a week. Thank you very much for coming around me. Appreciate that. Does it trigger something in you? How many of you, now I'm sure no one here has ever said this, but other people that you come in contact with, maybe they have said it. Oh, I just know I'm going to catch the flu now. Why, why did you start talking that way? Because I got around people 
who had the flu. And we begin to say that. We say that out of our mouth. Oh, I just know I'm going to catch it now. And then a day later, I just know I'm going to catch it now. I wasn't talking this way before, but all of a sudden the trigger happened in my life. And now I'm talking like this. I just know I'm going to get the flu now. Now, there's a couple of reasons why you're saying that. One, because you ran into people who had the flu. And two, you firmly believe that you will get it. You firmly believe that you will get it. Now, I, have, I don't know about you, but I have a doctor. I had a doctor. I don't go to him anymore, but uh, nice doctor. I like the doctor. We've been going there for many decades. But um, he, he, uh, he had a, a great memory of things. And there was one time that I caught pneumonia. And, you know, they were treating it with uh, medicines and stuff like that. And it was going away. And I was doing much better. And so in this particular time, I came out to church on Sunday and I taught the service. And, uh, you know, nobody, I, was, I was already doing better. I think it was five days, ten days, seven days I was on the medication and we were doing better. And it was, uh, seemed to be going away. So I came in, taught the service, and I uh, just thought it was during the eagle season. Glory to God, give me something to do when I went home <laughs> that I could relax for. I like watching. Used to like watching football more than anymore. Right, right now, as uh, uh, Bruce calls it, flag football. <laughs> That's about what it is. Don't like flag football. I like real football, but we take what we get, right? So anyway, we went on home. Uh, my son, he was uh, an infant, you know, where you, know, you just hold him and he just kind of falls asleep on you. So he fell asleep. My daughter, she was young. She fell asleep on the floor with my wife, and they were all down in the basement because our basement was finished at that point. Uh, that place that we were at, and uh, everybody fell asleep except me because I'm watching the football game. Pretty sure they were playing the New York Giants that day, and I'm pretty sure that we did defeat them. <laughs> pretty sure. So uh, it was time to get up, you know, and, and do something. So I went to get up. I couldn't get up off the couch. Could not get up off the couch. So um, my wife's over there on the floor. I didn't have anything to throw at her. <laughs> you know, so eventually she woke up and I said, um, I can't get up. And so they said, oh, we better better do something. And so, uh, you know, they got Christian off of me and um, uh, I think she called somebody and somebody came on over and the, the two of them got me up off the sofa and upstairs because at that point they had um, called the doctor and said, get him over to the hospital. So I had to go over to the hospital. And so um, they both, they're car- almost carrying me upstairs. I don't know how I got that there. I mean, I was doing better. So they got me on upstairs. And so uh, for some reason, they let go of me. And I don't exactly remember what happened, except that I was no longer vertical. <laughs> and they said on my way down that I almost hit the countertop with my head. But um, that, at that point, they called the ambulance. My only ride in an ambulance was that time. Put me in an ambulance. We rush off to the hospital. I'm there for five days on IVs and all this sort of stuff to, to get me back. So like I told you all that story to let you know my doctor has a very good memory. And every single year after that, that I would come in, that I, that I would see him. I didn't see him all the time. But every time I would see him, if we were coming to, into the flu scene, he, he would say, you know, you probably ought to get a flu shot because you've had pneumonia before pretty bad. I said, that's okay, Doc. I don't need it. I appreciate it. I don't need it. Never got pneumonia uh, like that again. And um, 
Never had to put it. He was always, decade, 10 years later, you know. <laughs> 15 years later, you know. <laughs> has a good memory that, uh, that this would, would go on. Now, I don't, I don't think flu shots really help you. I don't believe the flu shots. If it helps you, glory to God, good. Go out there and get your flu shot. And if it helps you, I, that's all fine. I just don't think it's, uh, it's something that I needed to do and didn't want to mess with it. So I, I didn't and never had that problem uh, again. But you see, it was a trigger. And out of his mouth constantly from that point on was, was, was that kind of talk. I had to put my, my guard up against No, no, no. No, no, no. How many of you, the news can trigger something? There's a war about to break out in the Middle East. And it begins to us talking about certain things. There are triggers that happen that get us to start talking. What are your triggers? And do they prompt you to talk about good things or bad? Now, here's one that I'm sure just about everybody can relate to. Because anybody who has been married longer than a week or anyone who has been dating for longer than a month, pretty much anyone in that category has had a dispute with their spouse, boyfriend or girlfriend. Wouldn't you say amen to that? Wouldn't you say (laughs) that has gone on? Now, I realize the other person was stupid. I do realize that. They were the stupid one. You were the smart one. You were the one in the right. You were the intelligent. I understand that. But when that happened and that person acted stupidly, did it not cause you to have certain conversations coming out of your mouth? Wise, if you talk to your girlfriend, what kind of things did you say? My husband is so fantastic. Oh, I tell you what, he is just a dream. Isn't that what she says? <laughs> Good answer. I like that. Uh-huh. That, now, what are you saying? Do you know what stupid thing he did today? Right? Husbands, you go into work. You don't look very happy. Why aren't you happy? <sighs> oh. Oh, I get it. <laughs> What'd she do now? <laughs> right? And what comes out of your mouth? Is it good edifying words about your wife? No, now be, a day earlier, you had good things to say, didn't you? But now all of a sudden, it changed. Why? There's a trigger that happened in your life. And that trigger caused you to say things not so good. Now, if you keep saying those not so good things... Does it take you in a good path? Don't you get madder and madder? Angrier and angrier? Doesn't the problem become bigger and bigger? It's not a good direction. We weren't going in that direction, but now we are. Why? Because there was a trigger. And it may be something like, I asked him to bring home milk. He brought home eggs. Who brings home eggs when you ask for milk? It may be something that simple. It may be something else. But whatever it was, it triggered something in your life. And your conversation began to change. Now, when your conversation changed, did it not also change your thinking about that person? Now you're changing your conversation, you're changing your thinking. Why? Because there was a trigger that happened back there. 
and you are not averting the course of action that that trigger is sending you. You keep thinking, can't believe put up with this person all this time. Why? What for? Why do I want to put up? Can you believe what they did? There's a trigger. You see, if you don't bring any other triggers into your life, that trigger is going to keep on going. And it's going to keep on taking the same direction. You've got to go out there and you've got to get it on the trigger. And don't wait for your spouse to bring it. Well, I'll change direction when he comes home with some flowers and an apology. <laughs> right? Or the husband, when she tells me she was wrong, then we can talk. You've got to get some other triggers going on in your life, folks. Because if your triggers depend on other people, then you will go the direction that other people take you. That's not what you want to do. You want to go the direction that God takes you. What you've got to do is learn the Word of God. Let the Word of God come up on the inside of you. What's the Word of God say that can help you in a situation like that? Well, he says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church or loves the church. And you can bring that in. Am I loving my wife the way Christ loves the church? Have I messed up? Yes. Does he go around talking about me? No. <laughs> and we can be the, all right, God, I need to love my wife the way this is talking about. And we use that as a trigger to get us going. And it gets us going in a different direction. Wives, the same thing. There's things in the Word of God that can help you. 1 Corinthians 13 will help everybody. Believe the best. At all times, believe the best. That's a hard thing to do. How many of you know it's real easy to not believe the best? To believe something other than the best. It's a whole lot easier to do that. So much easier. But the right way takes some effort. And if you want to go the right way, you've got to put some effort into it. If you have no effort, anybody ever here ever done any white water rafting? White water rafting. Anyone ever gone out there and done any white? What is wrong with you people? Come on. <laughs> How many have done white water rafting on a video game? Not even there. Wow, I don't do video games, but thought maybe that'd be some way. That's you. If you are in ever in a white water raft, which apparently will be no one <laughs> except for like three people, <laughs> if you're ever in a white water raft, uh, you cannot just go the way the current takes you. Have you ever watched the videos of someone who's on a white water raft on the Colorado River? Yeah, that's as close as you want to get, right? On the video, watching this stuff. Uh, I believe the water there is most times right at like number six water. Does that number mean anything to anyone here? There we go. We, got, we have a taker right over there. She knows, she knows what number six. You know what, what's number six? All right, he knows what number six. We have a few people who know what number six water is. Number six water can kill you. <clears throat> it can kill you. So if you go into Colorado River, you do not go by yourself. You can't say, I'm an expert. <laughs> No. No. Our guys are experts, not you. You are not an expert. And if you will not admit that, you are not going on our raft. You, you are stupid, and you do not know what you're doing. <laughs> you pretty much have to take that attitude with it. And then they put the expert on there, and he guides you through stuff that can kill you. Because if you just go with the current, you will die. 
But you see, this is how people go through life. They go through life with the current. Whatever triggers happen, whatever people say, whatever people do, they react to it and they never change the course. It's why our lives have become a mess. It's why our relationships are in shambles. Why we're not enjoying the things at home. Why we're not enjoying things at the office or work. Our jobs are a hassle. Our friendships are few. And life just doesn't seem fun. But see, God has not called you to live a life that is directed by other people. He's called you to live a life directed by Him. And He will show you how to take those triggers that are growing on all around you and have been sending you in wrong directions. And He will show you how to overcome them and do institute new triggers so that you can direct your life down the water and not get hurt on the rocks. He can help you do that. God is in the trigger business. He is able to give you triggers that go different. You see, Jesus, his life was not triggered by other people. He went on, on through. Have you ever come home from work or come home from a day wherever it is that you spend it and you came home and show me your hand. How many have ever come home from whatever you're doing and you are in a bad mood? Yeah, we got some people. All right, no white water afters, but we got this one. <laughs> you have come home in a bad mood. Why did you come home in a bad mood? Is it something you did? How many of y'all? It is not anything that you did at all. Is it? It's what other people did or just things that happened. Now, don't think that pastors don't have things happen. We got things that happen too. Just this morning, I come on in. We got a shortened day. I start early as it is. I can't start much earlier than I, I usually start. So we just had a shortened day. And two things happen that never happen. Happened today. One, our main printer quit. It has never quit. Never quit. And I did, the, did a fix for it. And then another part of it broke. Two parts broke in one morning on a printer that has never broken. Never. So how many minutes do you think I was there trying to fix that problem so we could print bulletins and outlines and all the other things that were, were a little while? And it's not fixing. So we go to the second printer. Glory to God for backups. Glory to God. It's a slower backup. But we got the, the backup going, and it uh, was able to generate all the rest of the things that we needed. And so we got that thing taken care of. And then I go back and find a plumbing issue, and water is running all over the floor. It has been for a little while. So we got the water to stop, and then we looked all over for a mop to get the water up off the floor. There's no mop I could find. To get the water off the floor. You know what I found? This is what I found. I found a sponge that big. Sponge that big. Little square sponge. 
what we got. So I took the little square sponge, sopping up all the water on the floor with the little square sponge. How long do you think that took? This is not expected. I have one time in, what, 20 whatever number of years here, all these years, one time I've had a plumbing issue on a Sunday morning. One time. Except now it's two. Two times. And both of those things happened on the same day. Glory to God. Should I be in a bad mood? You see, those things can trigger you in a bad mood, can't they? How many of you had stuff like that that triggered you in a bad mood? I'm not saying I haven't had stuff like that that didn't trigger me in a bad mood. I'm saying it didn't happen today. But it could. You see, you've got things that happen and you've got people that happen all around you that are trying to trigger you into wrong conversations, wrong thoughts, and a bad direction. And if you continue to listen to them, you will continue to go in a bad direction. You will respond badly to the people that are close to you, and you will take it out on them. Because very seldom do we take out a bad day on our boss, but we do often take it out on our spouse or our kids or the cat. If you're going to take it out on anybody, take it out on the cat. Don't, don't be messing with the dogs. We take it out on somebody. Why? Because we're in a bad direction. Isn't it better if you get yourself out of the bad direction? The more things you learn in the Word of God, the more that helps you turn your direction from a bad one to a good one. And what could result in death going down the Colorado River in a raft can result in one of the greatest times you will ever have. If you have somebody on board who doesn't let the current take you where it wants, but knows how to guide you through it. And that's the Holy Spirit with the Word of God. He will help you. There's no better help than to help you get there. Would you all stand up with me? Will you ask everyone here to bow your heads with me? Without looking around, how many of you would say that as of right now, life has taken you in the direction that it wants? That you haven't provided any resistance? You've had bad days because people did bad things. You've had bad days because things went poorly. How many of you would say, yeah, I've let life take me down the current of the river in the wrong way. Raise your hand up. Okay, a few of you. It doesn't have to be that way. And you can change it so that you can go in a different direction. Don't let the enemy have his way with you. Change your direction. Set yourself up for good things instead of bad. Learn the Word of God so that the Word of God can become a trigger for you and send you in a positive direction instead of the bad one that you found yourself on. 
The reason that Jesus didn't go off in a bad direction was because he had a belief. And out of that belief, he began to speak. He began to say some things. The problem with our life is we believe the wrong things. I believe my spouse is not the best. I believe my job is not the best. I believe I'm being taken advantage of. I believe that things are probably going to get worse. I believe that that sickness is probably going to come upon me. And out of my mouth come all those things that say that same thing. But see, Jesus kept continually saying, and this is before it ever happened. It had not happened yet. And yet out of Jesus' mouth, he was constantly saying, the Son of Man will be betrayed. He will suffer many things. He will be beaten. He will be killed and raised the third day. He kept saying that to his disciples because they knew who he was. He kept saying that. What are the things that you keep saying? Because you believe them to be true. But if you change that belief, you'll change the things that you're saying. Your husband or wife, when you were dating them, you didn't see them as the enemy. You didn't see them for all their faults. And you didn't talk about their faults. You talked about them in positive ways. Because you believe them to be positive. You believe them to be good. When you took that job, you liked that job. You talked highly about that job. But then things happened that changed your belief. And you began to talk out of that belief. Here on Sunday mornings, we've been talking about how to change our beliefs. How to get our beliefs in line with the Word of God. Because then we're going to change the things that we say. And our direction will change as well. We want to get you set on a good direction. Pray with me. Father, you see the hands of those that were raised. That life has taken them down in a wrong direction. Father, you want them to go in a positive direction, a good direction. A direction that will help them and not hurt. Father, I thank you that you bring them along to places during their week where they hear the word of God the word of God comes alive to them and out of their mouth they speak different things but let these that these things that are stated in your word trigger a new behavior just like what they heard before triggered a bad one but Father you want us to go in a good direction and I thank you for it we give you the praise and glory in Jesus name Amen. We're glad to have some of you visitors here with us today. If you have a church home, I encourage you to stay faithful in the church that you attend. If you're looking for a church home, we'd sure like you to consider Zoe Christian Fellowship. We'd like to dig into the Word each day, each Sunday to get you prepared with what the Word of God has to say so they can change your life. The Word of God does you no good if you don't understand it. And it does you no good if you don't hear what it has to say. We want you to know all the good things in the Word, to learn the Word, because you can change your life. You can change your life. It's not just that you show up to church for fire insurance. 
We show up for church because we learned the word. If you don't have a church home, we'd love to extend an invitation to you. Come on back next week. For those who came from the egg hunt we had last time, we had a great egg hunt. We appreciate all those folks who came on out to help. And those who came out and were part of it, it was a full day. It was our first one. And you all did a spectacular job of pulling it all off. And we look forward to being more experienced at our next one. But we have the baskets all made up. Your kids' names are on them. If they registered for them, your kids' names are on them. And uh, where can I send them for that? Right back there to my daughter in the polka dot dress. Uh, this is from Alyssa and Nikolai. Our house is officially sold. Settlement is less than a month away. We are excited to see the way God has, uh, uh, or what God has in praying for energy to pack. <laughs> That's the worst part about moving is the packing. And I'll tell you what, if we're for the, we're for the packing. Have a great rest of your day today, wherever it is that you're going. We're so glad that you decided to be with us here for some in the morning. Uh, Wednesday night, we're, we're in the um, Philippians study that we're doing. And then next Sunday, of course, we're here. 10 o'clock is our normal time for service. We're a little earlier today. We uh, wanted to get everybody off to a nice early start as they had to head off to places for uh, family dinners and things like that. So that's why it was 9.30 today. But normally we're 10 o'clock in the morning. Love to have you here. We have Children's Church next door. And, uh, of course, the adults are over on, on this side. And then after church next Sunday, in case anyone is interested in staying, we are doing an end times study. And we are on the book of Revelation. Uh, anybody who's new here, Revelation is a book that you stayed away from. Anybody stay away from Revelation? Revelation is the easiest book in the New Testament to understand. And that does not say that all the other ones are hard. Revelation is truly the easiest book in the New Testament to understand. It takes a PhD to make it complicated. It really isn't hard to understand. And if you've heard all this figurative stuff and all this crazy stuff that's out there about it, it's not crazy. It's not hard. And it's so important for you to know what is going on in the book of Revelation that God took a guy from 2,000 years ago, took him up to the future to show him what would happen, had him write it down and go back in time and give it to you so that you could read it. No other book had that much effort to go through to have it be here. It's here for a reason. And if we don't get what's going on, and the reason people have the idea that it's so complicated is because the enemy does not like you to read a book that talks about his defeat and how he is defeated. So we're going to be, we, we start that up at 1 o'clock. We'd go for about 45 minutes on, on that. That'll take place the next Sunday. If you want to stay, you can stay for that. Don't have to. No charge, of course, for anything. Just come on out. <laughs> Love to have you be a part of that. Uh, greet some folks before you go. If you, you're here to pick up the basket, uh, see Alyssa right in the back. Holding a little noisy one who just decided to make some noise right now. Have a great day, folks. Uh, bless some people before you go.